I feel blessed as ever then uh, I'm the best I've ever been okay. So what's the excuse I feel What's up? I, I, I'ma tell you I feel amazing I feel blessed as ever then I'm the best Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, how y'all doing today? This Thanksgiving Eve, November 22nd on a Wednesday night. And you know, I told y'all, I, I had to get y'all y'all college football in with bearing down the gridiron. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for watching today. If you're on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, or YouTube, thank you for trying look, thank you for watching, should I say. Chime in, in in the chat. It's rivalry week, man. It is the best regular season week of college football. It's the final regular season week, and there are so much on the line this week. And, yo, there's a lot I'm going to get into today. This might be a little longer show than usual because there's a lot that I want to get into today because after today, I'm not doing no more shows until next week. You know, I'm being like everybody else. Thursday is Thanksgiving. I'm not doing nothing Friday. We're enjoying the weekend and watching some football, and we're going to come back next week, and we're going to talk all about it today. All right? So with that being said, let's get this show on the road because y'all know, those who have been faithful listeners of Bearing Down and Gridiron, got to get you your news and notes first. So we're going to kick it off with the two-minute drill. And to kick out the two-minute drill, we're going to start with some quarterbacks. First up, Utah quarterback Cam Rising says he will return to the team in 2024. That's a, that's, a, that's good to know that he'll be coming back in 2024. Um, look, that will be his seventh eligibility that he will get coming back to play for Utah, having, having not played at all this season. He hasn't stepped on the field now one time. For the Utah U, so it's nice that the NCAA is giving him one more year. I'm gonna get into the NCAA a little later, a little bit later in the two minute drill because I'm about to go off on them, and I hate to say it, but I'm about to go off on them. Next up, and uh, this is uh, this is some devastating news that that I had to go about because being me being living in the state of Florida, being a part of the whole rivalry of states of Florida, this one is uh. Devastating. FSU quarterback Jordan Travis says college career is over after injury. He suffered a and he suffered a devastating injury against Northern Alabama up in Tallahassee this past weekend. Very devastating. Um, something that you do not want to see happen when it comes to any player. Don't matter if you might have us a rivalry or not. You just don't want to see that type of injury happen. And unfortunately, it happened to him. And thoughts and prayers go out to Jordan Travis, man. He was he was playing good ball. He was on the road. He was doing his thing. And it it just just sucks that he won't be able to 
complete his season as he expected to at Florida State. And it's over just like that. It is very devastating. And prayers go out to you for a full recovery. And uh, let's see if uh, next year you'll be able to go into the draft and play in the NFL. So thoughts and prayers go out to you, sir, for a speedy recovery. Nice career at Florida State University. Hopefully bigger and better things come for you after this devastating injury that took place. All right, moving on. I'm going to talk about this game later. There's, there's no secret what game everybody's going to be paying attention to this weekend, most likely. But for the first time in five years, the first time in five years, the Michigan Wolverines are favored over the Ohio State Buckeyes. That says a lot to know that Jim Harbaugh's not going to be on the sideline for Michigan because he accepted his Big Ten penalty to be suspended for the last three games of the regular season. Knowing this game was coming up, and there's a massive game, but I'm going to dive to this one a little bit more later on. But just know, but just to know that Michigan is favorite over Ohio State. That says a lot. Now, this was two days ago. And, you know, the lines can move differently right now. So before I move on, I'm going to go ahead and go back and look at it to make sure that this is exactly what is going on. So I can give you the bet line right now. Yep, Michigan is favored by three points at home. According to ESPN bet, Michigan is favored. So we're going to keep that in mind. Keep Put a, put a comma in that one because we're going to come back to that one later on in the show. But just want to get that in. Now, before I end this two-minute drill, I got one thing to get off my chest. I got a couple of things to get off my chest. This is the first one I need to get off my chest. So this one here, uh, James Madison won't sue NCAA to receive bowl eligibility. Now, before I go in, let me give you the article here. It says, says, James Madison will no longer pursue legal action against the NCAA for bowl eligibility. The school said in a statement Tuesday night. Last week, the NCAA denied James Madison's request for a postseason waiver to be able to play in the bowl game this season. Because the Dukes are in a second year of of a transition from the FCS to the FBS, they are not eligible for the postseason. Now, why is they dropping the suit? Last week, the NCAA denied James Madison a request for a postseason waiver to be able to play in a bowl game because the Dukes already read that. But following a 10-0 start and the denial of the waiver, Virginia Attorney General James Meyer had threatened legal action saying last week, this injustice transcends athletes and should not be allowed to stand. Unfortunately, part of the reason why the lawsuit is being dropped is because this happened. James Madison lost to Appalachian State 26-23 on Saturday, ending its perfect season. And in a statement Tuesday, the school said the loss changed the landscape in terms of the nature and timing of our legal options, including diminishing viability of a lawsuit against the NCAA. On Saturday evening following the game, we consulted with Attorney General Myers and his staff, as well as our outside counsel, and the consensus was that filing emergency legal action against the NCAA was not a viable course of action at this point in time. The university focuses now 
is on getting the football team into a bowl game, and it appears that such a result is still a strong possibility. We could still file action against the NCAA later if needed to receive a bowl invitation. But for the time being, there was a strong consensus that proceeding with legal actions did not make sense. Close quote. Going into last week, James Madison Dukes were 10 and 0. 10 and 0. 10 and 0. And then they are in the Sun Belt, so I can go to their schedule. Now, those of you who ain't main statements of college football, the teams I'm going to ride off of you probably like, who cares? But here's the thing. James Madison started the season off beating Butnell. They went and beat the Virginia Cavaliers. They beat Troy, who is in the Sun Belt Championship, by the way. They beat Utah State from the Mountain West. South Alabama, Georgia Southern, Marshall, Old Dominion, Georgia State, UConn, and then the loss to Appalachian State at home in overtime. This this team, this James Madison Duke team, is ten and one on the season, six and one in conference play, and they are now bowl eligible because of a rule that says. You can't be bowl eligible for two seasons if you transfer from the football college season to the football bowl season. Now, I did a lot of research today. I would look for everything I can find or why this rule is in place. I couldn't find nothing, okay? I couldn't find it. What president the NCAA to make this rule back in 2000, in the early 2000s, trying to figure out what is going on here and whatnot. I looked up and down. I couldn't find a damn thing. And it freaking hurt my damn nerves. Because the only thing I could find, this is from sportsenthusiast.net. And the only thing they can reference on why this is a possibility is because Marshall is Marshall. Which don't make sense any in itself. But there's no really rhyme or reason here. Okay? So here, here's what they said. Here's what the sports enthusiasts wrote about the rule. So and says here, specifically to an SBS program, a school must sponsor a minimum of 16 varsity sports with at least six of those being male or co-ed teams and eight being female teams. There is also the minimum of 60% of the game schedule must be against FBS opponents and 50% of all scheduled games must be at home. On top of that, each school must offer a minimum of 200 scholarships that total at at least $4 million each year. The latter required increase up to 210, which was like this year, and $6 million annual starting in 2027, 2027-2028. They said in here, 
as easy as it is to call these rules terrible, look at the NCAA's point of view for having the requirement we scour the internet. This is sports enthusiasts. This is not me. This is sports enthusiasts. I'm reading it from word for word here. Scoured the internet to find a specific reason why this rule came to be, and we ended up in a NCAA old news archives. The first mention of any possible change came in March 2000 when the Division I Football Issues Commi Committee conveyed for a meeting. In that meeting, the topic of Division I AA, which is now the FCS, and Division I A, which is the FBS right now, migrated and brought up an issue to investigate. It was at a May 2021 meeting of the NCAA Football Study Oversight Committee that required originated. It included a minimal attendance requirement now removed, a minimum number of scholarships, well, we just talked about minimum sports, the 16 varsity sports that we're talking about here. Still nothing, right? You still haven't heard any reason or why that this rule even exists, correct? Correct? Okay. Now, as I keep going, scrolling through, it's, they, they talk about, let's bring up some history of what it might have been. Well, it's not clear if any specific scenario led to increase discussion within the NCAA. Some theories believe it was due to Marshall's transition from 1AA to 1A. The Thunder and Herd won the 1996 1AA National Championship, then went 10-6 in 1997 when they made the official move to Division 1A. So they went 10-3 that year with their bowl appearance, followed by a 12-1 record in 1998. The theory goes that Marshall or any other SVS teams at the time could have recruited a bunch of FBS players to join the team via transfer and stack the roster. At the time, transfer to FBS to FCS did not require the player to set out the season while SBS to FBS transfer would have a mandatory player miss one, one season. This is around the time Randy Moss went this is the time Randy Moff was in college. This is around the time Randy Moff was in college. And if you know Randy Moss, you know he played for Marshall. And it was in that years of Marshall having a dominant team. But you haven't heard anything of note to say this rule makes any damn sense. Correct? All right. Just, just sitting here. So now we're going to keep going. It says second. So that's the first thing that they came up with. Here's the second thing that they tried to do. The NCAA wanted to discourage switching from FBS and FCS. If a team expected to be really good for a year, the NCAA wants to make sure they don't switch divisions simply to make a bowl game and then drop back down to the FCS. Okay. On the flip side, the NCAA doesn't want a, a school that has a really good squad to fall to the FCS to clear to clean up its to clean to clean up in the FCS playoffs. That kind of movement will be unfair given the difference in scholarships allowed: 85 for the FBS and 60 and 63 for the FCS. There's always possibility that a school could reach the FCS playoffs with FBS talent from the previous year and still be within the FCS scholarship limits. Don't think that ever happened though. And finally, the third part of this, 
The two-year part of the requirement is done to protect both the NCAA and the school. The NCAA wants to give schools a chance to ramp up their resources to meet the requirement, but doesn't want that process to take too long. The two-year timeline makes sense for a school that is already a Division I member, which means they shouldn't need as much time to meet the requirements compared to teams outside of Division I. However, not every school will meet all requirements before making transition, which is why a transition period is provided. It took to the third point to get a, a reasonable explanation of why this is the way it is. So if you're saying you want to protect yourself and the school at the same time because how much it costs to be a Division I school, we got you. But at the same time, whoever expected James Madison to do what they did in two years, coming from an SCS school to be an FBS school, this team was 10-0. They're not even ranked when they should be ranked. They weren't even in consideration for the Sun Belt. And the Sun Belt came out and said, we'll let them play for the championship, but it's not in our hands. It's in the NCAA hands. And it, let me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell y'all the standards in the, in the Sun Belt right now, which is why most people are pissed off at the NCAA, and the NCAA keep taking shots left and right because they don't know how to get their shit together. I'm looking at this, right? So the Sun Belt has two divisions. You have the East and you have the West. And the West, Troy is in. Troy has won the West. 9-2 overall, since and won in conference play. The next team behind them is South Alabama with 4-3, and three, Arkansas State 4-3. We in the final week of the season. Obviously, them two ain't catching choice, so Troy is in. But on the east side, James Madison is 6-1 with a loss to Appalachian State, who is 5-2 in conference play, and Coastal Carolina is 5-2 in conference play. But James Madison can't even play for the conference championship because of the NCAA. Not the Sun Belt. It ain't the Sun Belt fault. It's the NCAA. So you you allow a school to switch from the FCS to the FBS, and then when they perform the way they because I just I gave you the schedule all the all the teams that I told you that they beat and played is all FBS schools, all FBS, probably except for UConn, but most of them FBS. I mean, I can tell you, Butner might be an FCS school. Uh, Virginia, ACC, they beat an ACC school. They beat a Power 5 school. They beat Troy, who is in the Sun Belt Championship. They beat Utah State, a Mountain West team. South Alabama, conference game. Georgia Southern, conference game. Marshall, conference game. Old Dominion, conference game. Georgia State, conference game. UConn. What, like, what more do you want for them to do? We don't want to set presidents. Presidents of what? We don't even know why the rule actually exists to begin with. And you dumbasses want to sit here and try to use power any way you can because you messed around and you made the NIL deal happen and all of a sudden that has taken off. And then you decide to let the transport portal be a thing and that has taken off. And now all of a sudden you're losing power left and right. Now you want to show what little power that you got left you want to keep a team like James Madison, who is beating everybody's ass until they got to Appalachian State. 
You want to keep them out of the bowl game. A 10-win team not making the bowl game. When it only requires you to win six to be eligible. Six. Literally six. And if I remember correct, I think I read something. I'm going to see if I can find it. That says there's like 27 teams that is not bowl eligible. 27. And the NCAA, they need 82 teams to be eligible for bowl season to take its place. There are 27 teams that have five wins. And they will be able to get in over James Madison, who already has 10. Let that freaking sink in. 27 FBS schools have five wins. And you need six to make it happen. All 27 of them can get in a bowl game before James Madison, who has 10 wins on the season because of a dumbass rule the NCAA put in place. You can't make this dumb shit up. You just can't. It makes no, it doesn't make any sense to me. If it makes sense to you out there, let me know, okay? Because I really want to know if this makes sense. It don't make no damn sense to me. Because this don't make, what are we doing here? Seriously, what are we doing? Let the dudes fall, man. Hell, one of the 2017 that don't have six wins is my Florida Gators. And I'm telling you this right now. James Madison deserved the ball more than we do. I don't give a damn. Now we go out and do what we do Saturday, and we'll be in a bowl game. Quite frankly, I'm on the verge of saying I don't even want us in a bowl game. All right? I'm out for James Madison to be in the bowl game before Florida. Like, matter of fact, since I'm going on this damn rent, I might as well keep it going. Let me see here. I'm going to go to the all-power five conferences and see who all got five wins, and they're going to be able to get into a bowl game before James Madison. This is how ridiculous it is. Let's see here. Let's go to the ACC, right? The ACC. Virginia Tech is five and six. Syracuse is five and six, and they just fired their damn coach. Like they really just Syracuse is really just fired their coach, and then if they can win their last game this weekend, they can be bowling before James Madison. That's two. That's two ACC teams that can still be bowling before James Madison because they can just win their sixth game. Let's go. Let's go to the Big Twelve. Let's see what the Big Twelve got. Let's see here. I'm looking at the Big 12. TCU, the, the, the runner-up in the national championship last year, they are 5-6 and six right now. BYU, 5-6 and six right now. UCF, 5-6. and six. That's three Big 12 teams that can be bowling before James Madison because they won six games, which they need to win this weekend. Let's go to the Big 10. Let's go to the Big 10. Let's see here. The Big 10. Uh... Illinois is five and six. Minnesota five and six. Nebraska five and six. That's three teams right there. We already up to seven. We already up to seven teams, and I only did three conferences right now. Let's go to the Pac-12. Let's see what the Pac-12 looking like. Cal, Washington State, add two more, so that's nine right there. And then let's go to the SEC. I'm just doing the power five just to show you how ridiculous this this is. 
Florida, I told you about my Gators, South Carolina, Mississippi State. 12 Power 5 schools have five wins on the year. And all 12 of them can get into a bowl game before James Madison because they end up winning a sixth game on the last damn week of the regular season. This don't make no damn sense. The NCAA, y'all need to do something about this damn rule. Make it more clear. Make it a make it a reason, a legit reason why they need to have two years of not being able to be bowl eligibility. And the fact that the winner of a goddamn Appalachian State and a Coastal Carolina can go to a freaking conference championship game because James Madison is not eligible, and they are six and one in conference, six and freaking one in conference play. Explain, please explain this to me. Matter of fact, explain it to the world because the whole world don't even know. Everything Pat McAfee said when they was at James Madison Friday on Pat McAfee show, I agree one million percent with. Because freaking idiots is making these decisions and making these rules. Idiots. Don't make sense. That's y'all too many drills. Take a break, come back. We're going to recap week 12, and I got some other stuff to get into. I got something else to get off my chest because something else took place with the college football playoff committee. We'll be back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Let me say that one more time because you know it's true. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Dak Prescott is overrated and he shouldn't be paid, okay? And the same thing with Pollard. I mean, Pollard breaking the tackles at that 57-yard touchdown run. I mean, we needed that big time. 33 points in the fourth quarter. Let me say that again. 33 points in the fourth quarter. And that's off of four turnovers committed by the Colts. See, at one point, and the fact that at the end of the third quarter, it was 21-19, to and the final score was 54-19? to Now that, ladies and gentlemen, that is completely unexpected. Cowboy Sock is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. The Playmaking Spot is sponsored by Lids. Locker rooms by Lids. Shop hats and official sports gear at Lids. Lids, the leader and number one destination for hats, gears, and everything that moves you. Make it a perfect shop for fans to find official sports hats, merchandise, and gears. Represent your team, your town, and your style with a snap hat, adjustable, fitted hat, or beanie from thousands of college and professional teams. Browse the very latest jerseys and t-shirts for the best teams out there. Liz has officially licensed professional and college sports teams apparel and hats featuring the hottest brands and trends. Shop online or visit one of the 100 stores across the country. Lock them by Liz. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down and Gridiron on this Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. Before I get into our next topic of the day, my boy Henry 
say that really needs to talk about me going about the NCAA rule, agreeing with me about the NCAA and this damn ruling of a team transferring from the FCS to the FPS. Got to wait two years to be to be eligible for postseason play. It, it's just ridiculous. It's stupid. Henry, uh, keep listening because I'll be talking about your ducks later on in the show because they got a big game at home and I can't wait to talk about that game. So, all right. We got to do a recap of week 12 because week 12 left a lot of things up for grabs going into rivalry week. So let's go with the gridiron roundup. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the gridiron roundup. As you see, we got our campus tour slate from last week up there. Uh, SMU on a, getting a big road win. Arizona dominating at home. UCLA getting a road win in the Coliseum. Kansas State getting a road win in, in their rivalry game. Texas on the road doing their thing. And Washington, so you know, Washington getting a big road win. That play is very pivotal in the CFP. I'll get to that later. All right. SMU versus Memphis. It was a battle, a great battle, a key battle in the American Conference, by the way. A very good key battle. A battle that is, was needed. The winner will put this up in prime position to make a conference championship game. And uh, SMU came out on top in this one, 38-34, as they moved to 7-0 on the year. they not officially in because there's some things to go about. But they put this up in prime position to do the simplest things to win a game, and they're in. From the American to the Pac-12, we saw Arizona, I mean, the if you want to talk about a surprising team, Arizona has to be like one of the surprises team of the season. They they are eight and three on the season. They beat the brakes off of Utah at home. They put themselves in a position to play for a conference championship. And I'll get to that later because I have all the scenarios that you need to know about conference championships. So Arizona has a chance. It is crazy. It is crazy to see. The Arizona Rockets have a shot at playing for the Pac-12 championship. Sticking in the Pac-12, it was the battle of the L.A. schools at the Coliseum, UCLA versus USC. And then, you know, USC was just – it was terrible. Caleb Williams had a terrible game. I think Caleb Williams threw like two or three picks in that game. USC like had like about four five turnovers in that game. It was just ugly for the Trojans of USC. And I'm pretty sure them fans was not pleased with what they saw at the Coliseum. It was it was embarrassing to watch. Um, looking at the statistics right now, Caleb Williams was 31 for 42, 384 with a touchdown and a pick. I think he fumbled. I think he also fumbled too, if I'm not mistaken. It was terrible. He still threw over 300 yards, but he only threw that one touchdown, and it was like, let's see, uh, Marshall Lloyd fumbled, Zachariah Branch fumbled, um, Brandon Rice fumbled, and out of them three fumbles, two of them were lost. So, I mean, UCLA was on the Trojans' ass, and there was nothing UCLA can do about it. Three turnovers for the Trojans, none for UCLA. That would do it. That would do it, and it's been a – it's been a bad year going down here for uh, Caleb Williams, but he ain't the only quarterback that went down here. I'll get him in a minute. The Sunfire Battle, 
the battle for the Sunflower State in Kansas between Kansas State and Kansas down in Lawrence, Kansas. Ooh, there was a back and forth game. This game was back and forth. I mean, it looked like for a minute, it looked like Kansas was about to take over at home and run away with it, but Kansas State fall back. They kept it close. And then when it was time in the fourth quarter, seven, seven to nothing in the fourth quarter, that's all Kansas State needed to win. They kept themselves alive for the Big 12, but they very, very slim margin. A very slim margin. I'm going to tell you about that very slim margin when I get to the conference championship things. Okay? But they kept themselves alive to repeat as Big 10, that's Big 12 champions trying to defend their crown. They have an uphill battle, though. They really do. Texas keeping their uh, season alive, going to Ames, Iowa, and taking down the Iowa State Cyclones 26-16. And then the game of the week was in Corvallis, Oregon, where the Oregon State Beavers were hosting the Washington Huskies. Washington was coming in as the underdogs, as a world underdog, despite being ranked fifth in the country. Back and forth game. Washington shut out in the second half, but when you jumped out to a 22 to 10 lead, all you got to do is hold them down. Even though Oregon outscored them 10 nothing in the second half, that's all it took to keep Washington to move to 11 and 0 and drop Oregon State to 8 and 3 on the season. Big win for the Huskies on the road. There's some other games we want to talk about. Michigan in their second game without Jim Harbaugh. Should I say, should I say the fifth game without Jim Harbaugh because he missed the first three games. Now he's missing the last three games. Somebody explained that to me either, either way. But, but, Second game of the three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. Michigan struggled. Maryland tried. Maryland tried their damnness. But it wasn't enough. Michigan walked out of Maryland with a victory. 34-20, 31-24. Didn't look good, but they got it done. Louisville went down to Corey Gables. Uh, so I say Miami at Harbaugh Stadium and took care of the Canes. The Georgia Bulldogs, number one team in the land. The no- that was our fan. That's the that was our van. That was our extra point van vote for week 12. And I just knew I said they're gonna make me do this. I'm picking Georgia and 38-10 in Knoxville. 38-10. Peyton Manny was there. Uh somebody else was man, they had celebrities left and right there, and they had to sit here and witness the volunteers get their ass with their home. They had to sit there and watch the volunteers get their ass with their home. Let's just call it what it is. All right. Then Clemson takes care of, of North Carolina in Death Valley. 31 to 20, and then the upset of the week. The upset of the week. You know I'm going to find me an upset of the week. Just know I'm going to find me an upset of the week. This one came in the over the plains of Auburn, Alabama. Because they got them Auburn Tigers. No, I'm going to get back to that. Let me move on. Let me show you. Break this down real quick. As you see, Michigan jumped out to a 16-3 lead after the first quarter. They led at halftime by the same margin. Maryland came back, and then a freaking safety, a safety, gave Michigan a seven-point victory. Louisville, they looking good, man. They look real good. I like what they're doing. I like how they're looking. They're looking real good, but they got to they gotta keep it going because they have a date with the Seminoles in two weeks. So, Drake May, I have no idea what's going on with Drake May. We said the same thing about Caleb Williams, and everybody look at Caleb Williams because he went to – he's at – uh. USC, but Drake May, who everybody was talking about being one and two with Caleb Williams, he has fallen off the cliff too. Losing by 11 to Clemson in a down year that is Clemson. Clemson is 74 on the season. You lose to them. Drake May, 16 for 36. 
209 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. That's just terrible, man. That's just outright terrible. That's just terrible. And then, then Hamilton didn't help at all. He he fumbled twice and lost both of them. I mean, it just North Carolina has fallen tremendously. Eight and three on the season. And these losses have not been pretty. You lost to Virginia. You lost to, I believe you lost to. Uh, was it? I want to say Louisville got you, and then you just lost to Clemson. Just, just abysmal, man. Just abysmal going down the stretch. And then the upset of the week. Auburn. My good buddy Paul, what's going on, man? Thank you for uh, joining in and watching tonight. And you picked the kind of a right time to join because I'm about to go off on somebody. Auburn Tigers. What in the blue hell was that? What was that? You at home against a goddamn Conference USA team. And they beat y'all asses like that. What the f is that, man? And then, if anybody knows me, they know how I am about the SEC. They know how I am about the SEC. But what the hell is that? 31 to 10 at your own building? What are y'all doing? This is not how you're supposed to represent the Southeastern Conference. A conference USA team that's walking in there and whooped your ass in your own damn building. That is not what we do here. I have no clear idea of what is going on in Auburn right now. One week you looked damn good and you gave LSU a run. The next week you're getting your ass beat by Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, who they fired. And then you got New Mexico State. Beating your ass the way that they did. I don't understand what the hell's going on up in Auburn right now. I don't. I really don't. That's why Paul is laughing right now because he don't even know me. But it's like Paul can tell you because how much I post about the SEC and our and our group together. This don't make no damn sense. Thirty-one to ten. If there was a damn video game, we'll say y'all got your ass skunked by. Group of five team. What? And now y'all got the Iron Bowl coming. Nick Saban's coming in next year. Lord have mercy. Nick Saban about to, Nick Saban about to beat y'all by 60. He about to beat y'all by 60 and be done with it. This is how this one to go. I already see it now. Goddamn Auburn. I had to get that in there real quick. But before we wrap up, uh, Great Iron Rondo. Four and two last week. Going to, uh, I had Memphis beating SMU, that didn't happen, and I went with uh, Oregon State over Washington, that didn't happen, but you know, that's the point was Georgia over Tennessee, obviously. So, 51 and 21 on the season, I have gotten seven straight extra points right. I got nine overall, nine out of 12 on extra points. I mean, dude, I am 30 games above 500. Hey, Snowman in the building. What's good, Snowman? How's it going? You missed my JMU rant, but I'm pretty sure I can cut it and send it to you. But I got another rant. I got another rant to get on with because the CFP came out, ladies and gentlemen. And when the CFP came out, 
I heard some rumblings about the CLP. You know, Georgia put Georgia's one where they should be Ohio State to Michigan three. Them two going cancel each other out. The question was who's gonna be four? And Washington moved up to four and Florida State moved back to five. And there's some rumblings going around about how Florida State should feel some type of way about this. And they only doing this because Jordan Travis got injured. First and foremost, like I said earlier, I'm going to say it again. Thoughts and prayers will go out to Jordan Travis. That was a devastating injury, and I hate to see that his college career ended that way. That's first and foremost. Secondly, I took the liberty of doing some deep diving for you guys to show you why Washington is deserving of number four and Florida State is deserving of number five. Here we go. You see this, ladies and gentlemen? Here's, here, here are the two teams' resumes, by the way. Both teams are 11 and 0. Both teams are 8 and 0 in their respective conferences. Key wins. Here's Washington's key wins against number eight, Oregon, back on October 14th. As of right now, Oregon's ranked sixth in the country and they're 10 and 1. Okay, you got that. On the road to the Coliseum, over 20 ranked USC back on November the 4th. Okay. Obviously, USC is not no longer ranked in their 75. By the way, do I dare mention to say it started the down the downfall of Caleb Williams and Washington? Well, Snowman would tell you it started with Utah because Utah snuck out of there with a win. But do I dare say the downfall of Caleb Williams started with Washington? When he did all that that he did, throwing for almost 500 yards, throwing for like four or five touchdowns, and still came up with the air because of your damn defense? Just throwing that out there. And then we just we just recapped it. They went on the road to Corvallis last weekend and beat then ranked 11th ranked Oregon State, who is now ranked 16 and they are 8 and 3. Florida State, 11 and 0, 8 and 0 in ACC play. Key wins. Opened up the season against LSU down in Orlando. Had a business back in September 3rd. Now LSU is ranked 14. They're 8 and 3. You went to Death Valley and you beat Clemson. You beat, matter of fact, matter of fact, let me do it again. Let me do it again. I'm coming back to that. Hold on, hold on. I got to find it. Like I said, when if y'all when if y'all beat Cody comes and beat comes, I would do it. Florida State is officially back, okay? Florida State is officially back after they went to Clemson and they beat Clemson. They're officially back. Now that now that I say that again for you, fellow state fans, but now here's the problem. Clemson is unranked and they're 75. All right. Then your next big game was in against 16 ranked Duke at home at Duke Camp Stadium back on October 21st. Now Duke is six and five in unranked. And then you just beat Miami two weeks ago on November 11. They are unranked and they are six and five. If the committee tells you they take everything to account, including resume, who has the better resume? Is it Florida State or is it Washington? As of right now, Florida State has, a, has won a win over a ranked team, which would be LSU, who is ranked, currently ranked 14. Washington, on the other hand, they have two ranked wins. One of the wins came to the team that's ranked six right now. And the other one is ranked 16. 
And if I'm not mistaken, them two teams finna face each other, okay? And then the winner of that game was, and then if a certain team wins that game, it's gonna be a rematch no matter what, okay? You with me? Even though one team can't make it, the other team can. So you tell me who has the better resume. Because from what my eyes I've seen and looking at everything, Washington has the better resume. Granted, Florida State went out. They scheduled LSU for back-to-back week for back-to-back season starts, and they beat LSU twice. Unfortunately, LSU is in what is called the best conference in football. Thus, they haven't beaten. They lost to Alabama, and they lost to who else? They lost to. I forgot who else they lost to. Let me go find out. I want to say LSU lost to Ole Miss. That's what I'm thinking, Ole Miss. And I think that game was in Oxford, Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me see. Yep, no, yep, September 30th, 5549 Old Miss over LSU. Those are LSU three losses. Florida State, Alabama, Old Miss. Now you want to go put a best team for Washington? Oregon. 10 and 1. Ranked sitting in it. College football playoff rankings. They only lost to Washington. So I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. The reason why Washington deserves to be ranked four right now and Florida State should be ranked fifth. Now, there's a lot more football to be played. Both teams still have two games left. Both teams have rivalry games this week, and both teams are in conference championship games the following week. So there's still time left to make things happen. So if you're a Florida State fan, Chill the hell out, okay? And let the boys play the game, and they will determine for you where they should go at. You got two games. Use them wisely. And shut up about the college football playoff rankings, all right? Just like when I did last week, when I had Snowman on, when not last week, the week before, when Georgia was getting away to face Ole Miss, and he didn't like the fact that Georgia wasn't ranked one and Ohio State was ranked one. Well, I say that well, right now, they're better. The better resume comes to Ohio State. Now, if Georgia do what they do and they smack Ole Miss, which they did, at, over the hedges in Athens, Georgia, which they did, Georgia would be ranked number one. They smacked Ole Miss, the rankings came out, and guess who was at number one? The Georgia Bulldogs. It is quite simple, people. Florida State, do what you got to do this weekend. You're going to the swamp, by the way. You got Louisville and Charlotte for the ACC championship game. Handle your business, and they'll go for, and the committee will reward you for doing the right thing. But if you don't, you ain't getting the goddamn thing. So stop complaining and handle business. It ain't the final rankings. The final rankings come out next Sunday, not this Sunday. Next Sunday, as the come championship play games have been played. So chill out and handle business. All right, that's a great iron roundup. All right, another break, and then when we come back, we got a campus tour, all right? Welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, the only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, 
with great knowledge and most of all in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves ladies and gentlemen because chaos is about to be unleashed. Thing with Tony Khan now being in talks to WWE, I'm going to be honest with you. I spoke to this with Ricky Litwinkowicz, aka the Master of Mayhem, and he honestly believes that me talking about Tony Khan buying WWE is a basically I'm kind of wasting my time because Ricky believes it's never going to happen. Okay, now I now don't get me wrong, Ricky, I respect his I respect what he says. He's he could very well be correct. But I gotta be honest with you, the fact that Khan is interested in supposedly buying WWE, to me, that's definitely worth talking about. Now, <laughs> now I should mention this, shout out to Ricky, by the way, and I gotta mention this, that even Jim Cornette already had something to say, and he said, and I quote, ridiculous to think that could happen, unquote. <laughs> a wrestling fan that's been super supportive of Brody Lee as a wrestler, and everything that WWE could have done with him, and you know everything that he could have shown and you know offered for the wrestling business, you know for me, I just, I wasn't just a fan of Brody Lee himself, like in character. I strongly respected him, you know, as a human being. Like I had a lot of respect for Jonathan Huber. You know, that's Mr. Brody Lee's real name. So basically, I had a lot of respect for Brody Lee, Lou Carper, and of course Mr. Jonathan Huber. Particular episode was about world-class championship wrestling. And the episode title is, you know, WCCW Wrestling's Lone Star Legacy. And because I am the Bear of Texas, and I do hail from the Dallas-Fort Worth area of the state of Texas, world-class championship wrestling was basically my territory as far as being a wrestling fan goes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. The Playmakers Bar is proudly sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, the number one shop where sports fans across the world love to get their sports gear and fandom on. A wide selection of gears from every league, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, the NCAA, and of course, the WWE. But it is football, basketball, baseball, hockey, even soccer, golf, no matter what sport it is, there is sports appeal for every fan of every sport. Fanatics, with sports fan shop, and efficient license everything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down the Grand Iron. All right, we're halfway home. We got a campus tour coming up. So, but before we get to the campus tour, I got to do some things. I got to set the table up for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the conference championship scenarios right now that we have going on. So I need y'all to pay attention. The ACC is already set. We will have Florida State and Louisville down in Charlotte at Bank of American Stadium next Saturday. All right. For the American Conference, the winner of the UTSA and Tulane game is in the conference championship. And then if SMU can beat Navy this weekend, they're in the conference championship of the American Conference. 
But if SMU loses to Navy, then you have a rematch between UTSA and Tulane for the American Conference. We good so far? All right. The Big 12, ladies and gentlemen, the Big 12. It is crazy how the Big 12 looks. Here we go. Texas beat Texas Tech. They're in. Oklahoma State beats BYU. They're in. If Oklahoma beats TCU and Oklahoma State loses to BYU, Oklahoma is in. Here's the fun part, though, when it comes to the Big 12. Here's the fun part. All right. I'm on Fox, I'm on Fox Sports Network. There where I say they got all the listens of the championship scenarios, okay? So pretty much what I told you is what happens. So if the scenario of Texas winning Friday and Oklahoma wins Friday, Oklahoma needs for, needs Oklahoma State to lose to BYU to get in. But what if Texas wins Friday and Oklahoma loses Friday? Well, that means Oklahoma State scenario still stays the same. You beat BYU and you win. However, if Oklahoma State loses to BYU and Oklahoma loses and Oklahoma loses to TCU, Kansas State beats Iowa State. They're in to defend their Big Ten title. That's if Texas wins Friday. What if Oklahoma wins Friday and Texas loses? Friday. What does Saturday look like? Texas clinches a spot if Kansas State loses to Iowa State and Oklahoma State loses to BYU. Oklahoma would get in then if they would have won on Friday and Texas loses by simply the fact that Kansas State loses to Iowa State and Oklahoma loses to BYU. This, this, this is like crazy. What if both Texas and Oklahoma loses Friday? Well, then Saturday will look like this. Texas can clinch a spot if either Kansas State or Oklahoma State loses. Kansas State can clinch with a win over Iowa State and a loss by Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State can clinch with a win over BYU and a loss by Kansas State. There's a lot is going on here in the Big 12. There's a lot of change. Simply, if Texas and Oklahoma State win, that's your bid to a championship game. But if it either one of them two loses, all hell's going to break losing the Big 12. What a great way to go out in the Big 12, yeah, Texas and Oklahoma. There's been a big-ass scenario of somebody got to win, somebody got to lose, and if you lose, then I get a shot, and if I lose, the Big 12, bro. You got to love the Big 12, all right? So that's the Big 12. The Big 10, very simple. The winner of Ohio State, Michigan, plays Iowa. Very simple. Not as complicated as the Big 12. Big 10, got it straight down the pad. Click, clam, bam, bam, just like that. Winner of the game, you're playing Iowa in Indianapolis. All right? Conference USA is already set. You got New Mexico State versus Liberty. The MAC Conference Championship is already set. You got Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. Let's move on to the Mountain West. Well, more confusing and more excitement. Let's go to the Mountain West. UNLV is in by simply beating San Jose State. That's all they got to do is beat San Jose State and they're in. Boise State. Boise State, they need, as I put the wrong one, Boise State needs to beat Air Force 
plus UNLV being San, San Jose State in their end. That's a mistake on my part. Boise needs to be Air Force with UNLV beating San Jose State in their end. San Jose State needs to beat UNLV and have Air Force beat Boise State. All right. And then Air Force gets in by beating Boise State and having UNLV beat San Jose State. It is ridiculous uh, how these scenarios come about. So if UNLV do their part and they're in by just doing their part and beating San Jose State, it's pretty much saying whoever wins between Boise State and Air Force is getting it. That's pretty much what it says. But if San Jose, but if San Jose State beats UNLV, all hell's breaking loose in the Mountain West. So you got the Big 12 going to break loose and the Mount West possibly to break loose. You got to love college football. You just got to love college football. So that's it. And now the final three conferences here. It's pretty simple when it comes to the Pac-12. Oregon State wins the Oregon Classic. They face Washington in a rematch. However, if they don't, and Arizona destroys Arizona State, which I think they probably will, they will face Washington for the Pac-12. And what a story that would be if Arizona came from out of nowhere and to be in a Pac-12 championship game. First off, I would be pissed off because that means Oregon lost to Oregon State. And Oregon is my pick to win the goddamn Pac-12. And then Arizona came out of nowhere and won and is playing for the Pac-12 championship. It's out of nowhere. That would piss me off, but hey, it will make a great story for college football. Just saying. But that would piss me off. The Southeast Conference, I already say, they've been set for two weeks already. Georgia, Alabama, round, I think it's what, round four or five right now? With Georgia leading 2-1. And then finally, the Sun Belt. Pretty much similar to, uh, it's pretty much similar to the Pac-12, the Sun Belt. Coastal Carolina, they beat James Madison, they'll face Troy. Which is a damn shame because it should be James Madison and Troy. Part of the reason why I went off the way I did when we got to the James Madison news. But if Costa Carolina beats James Madison, they face Troy for the Sun Belt. But if James Madison, who has won 10 games, by the way, which is not going to be an easy thing to do for Costa Carolina. So it just so happens the team that actually beat James Madison, which is Appalachian State, all they got to do is beat Georgia State and hope James Madison return to being dominant again and they get to face Troy for the Sun Belt Championship. Those are your championship scenarios from all 10 conferences. That's that's where we at right now, all right? So that's where we at. Now, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite segment of the show, it's time to go on a tour, a campus tour. And starting off in the American Conference because it is the Road Runners of Texas San Antonio taking on Tulane down in the Big Easy. And we already talked about it. The winner of this game is in the American Athletic Championship game. Who they will face? That to be turning later on in the, in the pro and later on in the week, seeing how games go and stuff like that. But as of right now, ladies and gentlemen. As I 
going on? Your game is at 3.30. That is on ABC, which might be a game I want to watch. I actually want to see who, who makes it to the conference championship game. And uh, Tulane is ranked in the CLP rankings at 23rd. We have here ESPN Analytics has it 59.2% in favor of the Greenway. And ESPN Bet is having it three and a half in favor of the home team of Tulane Greenway. It's going to be an interesting game right there for the Greenway and the Road Runners down in the Big Easy. That is Friday. Okay. That's how you can that's how you can start your Friday off Black Friday with UTSA and Tulane battling for the American title opportunity. Continue on Black Friday. It is the Oregon Classic out in the Pac 12. Eugene, Oregon, 8 30 p.m. on Fox. Simple as it can be. Oregon, do your damn job and you're playing for the Pac-12 title in a rematch against Washington. It's that damn simple. If you lose, Arizona's going. Obviously, ESPN says 80.9% of the Ducks. ESPN bet says 13.5% in favor of the Ducks. Quack. They ain't giving Oregon State no damn chance, despite them only losing by two to Washington. That is... That's saying something. Do they know something that I don't know? Because I'm getting, I'm thinking this might be closer than 13 and a half. I'm just saying. I could be wrong, which will please me, but mm, 13 and a half and it's a rivalry game? Mm, we'll see. We'll see. That's your two games for Friday. Let's go to Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, because beginning on Saturday, we're having a uh, Battle of the Governor's Cup from the Bluegrass State that is known as Kentucky. And it is the Kentucky Rockets from the SEC traveling to Louisville, Kentucky to take on the representative of the ACC, the 10th ranked Louisville Cardinals. The 10th ranked Cardinals are looking to end a Governor's Cup draft against Kentucky and try to complete a 11 win season. They are 10 and 1 right now. Trying to get a good launching point before going to Charlotte for the ACC championship game against Florida State. Kentucky sits in five and don't know what the hell happened to Kentucky and Mark Stoops. They have been a disappointment for quite some time now. Uh, ESPN and Lindis has a 74.3% in favor of the Cardinals. And ESPN bet says seven and a half in favor of the Cardinals. So ESPN is going red over blue. And they might be right on that because Kentucky has shown me nothing of sorts for me to even believe that they have a chance in this game. But it's rivalry week. I always tell you on rivalry week. Throw the rankings out the way. Throw the records out the way. Throw everything out the way. When it comes to rivalry week, the unexpected is supposed to be expected in this one. So we shall see. That's how you begin Saturday. And then from the state of Kentucky, we go to the state of Oklahoma and the Big 12, where BYU travels to Stillwater, Oklahoma, to take on the 20th ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. You know, we just went over it. Oklahoma State, Mike Gunny, simple. Yeah, BYU, you go, you go to Dallas for the Big 12 championship. That's me killing my Big 12 champion which would be the Oklahoma Sooners because they lost to the Oklahoma State in the last bedlam that we know of right now. 
81.8% in favor of the Cowboys by ESPN. And they have a 17-point favorite of the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Nobody's giving BYU a chance. BYU needs this game to be bowl eligible. They are 5-6. and six. If they pull this up, say, oh, they are bowl eligible. And does open the door for Oklahoma, which will be very lovely right about now. But we shall see. From Stillwater, Oklahoma, we go to Gainesville, Florida. We're going to the swamp. We're going to the swamp. The Sunshine Showdown is in the swamp as the fifth-ranked Seminoles of Florida State represent the ACC. Set to do better against the SEC representative, the Florida Gators. Both teams lost starting quarterbacks last week. We already know about Jordan Travis. We sent our thoughts and prayers right there. As a Gator fan, my thoughts and prayers are with Graham Hurts, who has a collarbone injury, which is not good. And he would not be able to play in this game. So it's going to be the battle of backup quarterbacks in this one down in the swamp in primetime matching 7 p.m. Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit on the call for this one. Florida State wins. They put themselves in good position of making the college football playoffs despite losing their quarterback. If they lose this somehow, Florida, Florida goes bowling. So that will be their sixth win because Florida is currently five and six on the season. So they need a win to be bowl eligible if you're Florida. And a win by the Gators kills everything Florida State has worked for. The last time the Seminoles came down to the swamp, they were in the five and six position, and they took an L to the Gators, thus them not making a bowl game. And it was the first time in like 30 years, maybe longer than that, that the Florida State Seminoles didn't play a bowl game in December or in January. And pretty sure that embarrassment prepared them to be who they are now because the season after that last season they went 10 and 3. this year they are 11 and 0. so maybe them not making a bowl game two years ago actually was a gift was a silver lining for the florida state summer because they came back better than ever but losing your quarterback that is a big thing and then florida lost their quarterback which that's a big thing so Back of both, the battle of back of quarterbacks down in the swamp. It's going to be an interesting one in prime time. Let's see how that goes. And then, come on. Nick, come on. Like, come on. Like, for real. For real. Like, we already know. We already know what the game of the week is. We already know. Ann Arbor, Michigan, ladies and gentlemen. It is the game. It is the game of the week. It is the game. It is the game that has the most implications put to it in one game. The second-ranked undefeated Buckeyes of Ohio State are in Ann Arbor, Michigan, to take on the third-ranked and undefeated Wolverines of Michigan. 
the third and final game that Coach Harbaugh would not be coaching for the Michigan Wolverines in the three-game suspension. The last two seasons, the Michigan Wolverines have put a beating, a whooping, a can of whoop-ass on the Buckeyes. And we said in the article when we did our two-minute drill for the first time in five years, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in five years, the Michigan Wolverines are favorite over the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes are a three-point favorite at home. ESPN analytics has it 55% in favor of the Wolverines. Is this is this the point where Ryan Day gets that also needed victory to send him rolling into the Big Ten championship game and thus into the playoffs? Or the fact that the world and the NCAA is after Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. And the fact that Jim Harbaugh has been the center of attention ever since the start of the damn season. And the fact he's been suspended twice. He had two three-game suspensions to begin the season and now to end the season. Boy, that pissed off Michigan even more to continue to whoop in the ass of Ohio State. The winner of this game faces Iowa and Indianapolis, Indiana. At Lucas Oil Stadium, and we all pretty much know the winner of this game is going to whoop Iowa's ass in Lucas Oil Stadium, thus making the college football playoffs, representing the Big Ten. Okay? All right. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the fan, the extra point fan vote, which was, like, really depressing to me, to be quite honest with you. Out of all the games y'all could have voted for, and I put and I put some good ass games on here, but all the games y'all assholes have voted for, I'm not really calling y'all assholes. I'm sorry to say that, but damn it, today it fits. Y'all assholes, y'all, yeah, I gave y'all greens to vote for, and y'all voted for the game that I really didn't want y'all to vote for. Cause damn it, you voted for the damn Iron Bowl. <sighs> We go to Auburn, Alabama, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Auburn Tigers. A abysmal Auburn Tigers who are 6-5. I don't even know why they are. They shouldn't even be eligible to freaking boy how terrible they are. They are hosting the 8th-ranked Crimson Tide of Alabama in Nick Saban. 3.30 CBS. Alabama and Nick Saban finna roll into Auburn and finna beat these boys by 50. That damn wants to do Mexico State. I hope that wake y'all ass up, Auburn, and y'all wake up and try to actually make this a game. But how I feel right now, they about to walk up in there and beat y'all ass. Even though I put the wrong date on here, it's supposed to be 24th and not the 18th. That's my fault. Or the 25th instead of 18th, but that's my fault. But we all know what the game is. This. They about to walk in and whoop y'all ass, man. This is exactly what Alabama's going to do. I have no faith whatsoever that Auburn's going to make this a game. I truly don't. I see them being getting destroyed at home in front of the home crowd, and it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be the ugliest thing that you've ever seen, probably in the Iron Bowl's history, okay? That's just how I feel about it, all right? All right, that's our campus story for rivalry week. One last break, give you my picks for the week from the campus tour. 
and we're going to call it a night and get ready for Thanksgiving weekend. We'll be right back. The Playmakers Blog is sponsored by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Mountains of entertainment. So much so much to stream. From shows and movies you can only catch here on Paramount Plus. Whether it be from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Liquid Loading, and so much more. The new home of Showtime. Watch Showtime original series, movies, and sports when you sign up for Paramount Plus with Showtime. Catch exclusive originals from Paramount Plus such as Star Trek, Strange Wars, The Family Stallones, Halo, and so much more. You also can stream live sports like NFL on CBS, the UEFA Champions League, the Masters, and the SEC on CBS. Paramount Plus, you can stream up to three devices when you create an account. So Paramount Plus plan starts at $5.99. If you hit that link below, you can get a free trial. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Killing it, Bappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role, and I think he finally understood that everything Killing it, Bappe has accomplished already, you know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Killing it, Bappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much, and you know what? Kylian Mbappe has not even reached his prime. Finally, seeing you know the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But you know this game, you know after after everything Manchester United has been you know doing lately, you know th this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, you know, all, honestly was all of a sudden for real. I I explain this: the United States maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future, because four years from now. The World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries. The United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. Into the NetFC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down and Grand Islands. Only one thing left to do, and we ain't going to waste no time. Let's get to it. Then the bear down pieces. Give me Tulane Greenway to defend home turf, get to the American Conference Championship, and defend their crown as the Group of Five champions as they beat the Texas San Antonio Road Runners in a very close, high contested game. Give me the Green Waves. Give me the Oregon Ducks. I picked y'all to win the Pac 12. I am not jumping off that bandwagon whatsoever. Handle them. Handle the Beavers in the Oregon class at home. Do your thing in front of the Eugene crowd. Oregon, Washington, round two, and Las Vegas. Louisville, I just, Kentucky, y'all have shown me nothing. And I, always, and I usually pick the, the SEC team no matter what. But y'all ain't showing me a damn thing for me to pick y'all over the Louisville Cardinals. There's no way in hell I'm picking against Louisville in this one. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not, okay? I'm picking with my head and not my heart. Damn y'all. I have watched BYU in a lot of big games this season. And they just get dusted from the in the first quarter. Now in the other three quarters, they played pretty good. 
but that first quarter is an ass whooping. And I got a feeling Oklahoma State going to jump out on them early. And BYU ain't going to have enough to come back. Give me Mike Gundy. Give me the Cowboys. And I'm questioning my Big 12 pick of Oklahoma. You shouldn't have lost Bedlam. And you shouldn't have lost to Kansas. Brent Venable, that is your damn fault. I'm blaming you for this. That I'm killing another conference pick. First it was Clemson. Now I'm killing Oklahoma. I'm sorry, but I got to do it. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't, y'all didn't give me a re- y'all didn't give me a reason not to. Cowboys win. Cowboys had the Dallas for the Big Twelve Championship game against Texas. God damn it! I'm not picking with my I'm picking with my damn heart. I'm picking Florida. Damn it! Nothing will nothing will please me. Not I'm say it again. Florida State is back. They back. They have done things that say that they're back. You know, yet again, shout out to Jordan Travis. Prayers and thoughts are with you, sir. Devastating injury. You hate to see it. Want you recover. Want you to continue playing football. You're a hell of a player. But damn it, I'm picking Florida. All right. I don't care what y'all got to say. I'm picking Florida. And thus ending the college football playoff host of the Florida State Seminoles. You got them right. I am picking the damn Gators. I thought long and hard about this. <laughs> the world might want Ohio State to win, but damn it, the way Michigan plays, Ohio State got to show me they tough. They got to prove to me that they 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 got big boys because Michigan. The, what Michigan did to Penn State? This run after runs after run after run after run after run. Can Ohio State withstand a team like Michigan running the ball 40 times on you? And they might do it 20 straight times. Can you can you withstand that kind of a beating that you, that Michigan want to throw shots at you? You couldn't do it the last two seasons because they ran the ball for over 200 yards both games and they ran it down your damn throat, Ohio State. Now you're going to Ann Arbor, Michigan with the whole world against them and no Jim Harbaugh on the field and they feeling some type of way and then you rank above them? Oh, my gosh. Give me the Michigan Wolverines on this one. Give me the Wolverines on this one. Despite not having Jim Humber, I'm taking the Wolverines. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't go nowhere else. I got to go Michigan. Give me the Wolverines. Then I asked the point, man, boy, y'all know who the hell I'm picking. What the hell? Y'all gave me the damn Iron Bowl. You got me picking the damn Iron Bowl. Who you think I'm picking? I'm picking Nick Saban in the damn Crimson Tide. Why the hell would I go anywhere else? Recap my picks. I got Tulane Green Wave over UTSA Rover Runners. Give me the Oregon Ducks to win the Oregon Classic over the Oregon State Beavers. Give me Louisville to capture the Governor's Cup for the first time in who knows how long over the Kentucky Wildcats. Give me the Oklahoma State Cowboys, thus ending my pick for the Pac 12 of the Oklahoma Sooners because it'll be Oklahoma State and Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Give me my Gators. Down in the swamp over Florida State, thus ending the playoff hopes of the Florida State Seminoles. Give me the Michigan Wolverines to make it three in a row over the Ohio State. And, of course, in the Iron Bowl for the Esther Point, give me Ala freaking Bama. All right.
that's it for today. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your food. Enjoy your family. And most importantly, enjoy your football. It's a time to give thanks. I am thankful for God. I am thankful for my family. And I'm thankful for football, especially college football. Because it is rivalry week. And there's no more fun week to watch than rivalry week, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, the Playmaker down in Southern signing off. I will catch y'all next week. Just experience bearing down a gridiron hosted by Donnell the Playmaker Silence in collaboration with Art Brothers Football. Bear Down a Gridiron is sponsored by Liz Fanatics and Paramount Plus. If you enjoyed today's show and would like to make a donation, you can donate via Cash App at dollar sign D Playmakers at dollar sign D Playmakers. Remember, Bearing Down a Gridiron is available on all podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And for Apple Podcast lovers, leave us a rate and review. Let us know what you enjoy about today's episode that you're listening to. Tune in again next time for more Bearing Down the Gridiron, hosted by The Playmate.